Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And Lindsay, I'm going to tell you this week, it's going to get dark. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm up for that. And by dark, I mean like it is going to be really dark. So if there are mm. any children listening, I highly recommend your parents screen this before you turn on the episode because this is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it involves a very notorious serial killer. Oh, I have some guesses maybe about who this could be. Who do you think? I'm thinking Jeffrey Dahmer. You are 100% right, Lindsay. I was wondering if you were going to know that because me and you, on top of being ghost fanatics, we are also true crime fanatics in podcasting and watching shows. I love all of that. And so when I was researching this week, what episode do I want to do? And I was like, I don't know if we've done an episode in Wisconsin. So I started looking stuff up and then I ran across this Jeffrey Dahmer situation and was like, whoa, I immediately perked up and thought we're definitely going to do this as an episode. Well, this is definitely a dark, like pretty, pretty uh, difficult topic. So this is the first disclaimer we've given out to parents, I think, ever. This needs a disclaimer. This is your haunted holiday at the Ambassador Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Ambassador Hotel, Lindsay, was built in 1928, and at the time in Milwaukee, it was really a fancy, nice hotel. A lot of people stayed there, including JFK. Before he was president, he actually did a speech at the hotel. There have been a lot of famous people, like Lindsay, the Beatles. We talk about things oh. that we're fans of. We are huge Beatles fans, but apparently they even like went into the lobby and did like a little bit of a show for the people there, like briefly, like just kind of yeah. out of nowhere. And then they stayed the night in the hotel. So it was like one of the nights that they performed in Milwaukee, I guess. And Liberace, apparently before Liberace became famous, he was a regular performer in the hotel lobby. How cool. I know. So cool. So a lot of really interesting history here when it comes to, you know, famous people in downtown Milwaukee. Now, when it comes to as as the hotel progressed a bit, it kind of, you know, fell off. And in the 1980s is about the time where it kind of became like a seedy place and became just not a place a lot of people wanted to go. It was no longer a fancy place. And in comes our friend that we talked about in the intro, Jeffrey Dahmer. So let me just talk a little bit about Jeffrey Dahmer. He had, so his first known victim in Milwaukee was actually at the Ambassador Hotel in wow. room 507. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I thought he... I mean, for those of you guys who aren't familiar, I think most people probably have heard of Jeffrey Dahmer, but he had, I thought most of his victims happened in his apartment. A lot of them did. Let me go into it a little bit. So okay. Jeffrey Dahmer, as a child, he had a relatively normal childhood, but, you know, 
he had a little bit of neglect, they say, kind of things. And he got into some weird stuff. Like he started, he became fascinated with bugs. And then he started actually picking up roadkill and bringing them to their shed and would start dissecting what? the roadkill. Yeah. And his parents thought, oh, he just must be interested in science. Maybe he wants to be a doctor one day. Right. Maybe he's into biology or something like that. Most parents would, you know, they would go to those rational thoughts, right? Right. I mean, nobody's going to think my kid's going to be a serial killer one day. Right. Right. So the parents think they're they're encouraging it they're like let me show you how to you know take the bones out <laughs> what they're encouraging this okay i mean but i mean there are a lot of people that you know hunt you know and they take their kids and they help to like clean the whatever it is that they you know shot right so, so this isn't i guess maybe that unusual I, I don't know i don't know dealing with dead animals and having a, a fascination with that i could see why the parents would think he's into science but at the same time to me that's a red flag right that's one of like the triads of serial killer things so yes i i would agree with you i it would it would not be something i would encourage but i'm grossed out by that stuff so yeah and in school he was considered pretty smart but he kind of stuck to himself he didn't have a lot of friends and he became an alcoholic and he started drinking at a very young age at the age of 14 they say he started drinking and getting way too much into it to the point where he was definitely an abuser of alcohol and with this started these very dark sexual fantasies where he really was kind of obsessing over the idea of control and you know having submissives kind of thing and at some point that kind of came together with his fascination of dissecting bodies right so not normal fantasies is what this guy is having and over the years of his life he actually was arrested several times before he actually ever murdered anybody for exposing himself to groups of women and children for actually molesting children as well as assaulting adults now yeah so i was shocked because i didn't realize that yeah he has he had a record right where this guy something is not right and in fact he was in the air force at one point and was stationed i believe it was in germany some of his air force you know fellow workers accused him of actually drugging and assaulting them oh wow yeah i'm that wouldn't be surprising to me because you know serial killers in general there's usually a buildup to it right and that was probably part of the buildup right and so he comes back from the air force he's kind of embarrassed he doesn't want to show his face to his family but he is living with his grandmother at the time in her basement he starts to go to these gay bathhouses to meet victims really and at the time his whole thought is i'm just gonna drug them and then i'm gonna do what i want to with them Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where he starts off. Eventually, the bathhouses actually cut him off. They kind of figured out something weird is happening here. 
And so they said, you're not allowed to come anymore. So he started staying for his rendezvous at the Ambassador Hotel. One of these nights where he was out drinking because his alcohol addiction continued really throughout the time he was eventually caught, he would go to the the gay bars and meet men and then take them back to either his grandma's house or the ambassador hotel and usually drug them and do what he wants. Well, on one occasion, he picked up a man named Stephen Twomey. He picks him up. His He says that his intention was never to kill him. His intention was to drug him and assault him. And according to Jeffrey Dahmer, he wakes up in the hotel the next day after basically being blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. And he is laying on top of the body of Stephen Twomey. And his chest has been caved in and he is just, he's dead. <gasps> That's crazy. I just, I mean, what a crazy thing to wake up to. Absolutely. And he had these tendencies and these violent fantasies. So, I mean, it makes sense. It was kind of a build up to this point. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't know what to do with the body. So he goes to the store. He purchases a very large suitcase, brings it back to the hotel, stuffs this guy's body in the suitcase and brings it over to his grandmother's house. At this point, he brings it to the basement of the grandma's house. He proceeds to do kind of his science experiments that he would do as a young kid. He's dissecting the body. He decides he wants to save Stephen Twomey's head. And he actually decapitates the body and tries to, you know, run it, run this head through several different treatments to try to, you know, keep it for an extended period of time. And the rest of the body, he just dismembered and essentially threw it out with the rest of the trash and nobody found it it just went into the garbage and was gone and eventually the head I guess did not last up the way he wanted it to and so then he had to disregard that as well so when you said this episode was gonna get dark you were not kidding I mean this is some graphic horrible stuff that is about as horrible as it gets I think no doubt You know, he was saving a lot of body parts because he wanted to create like an altar, essentially. So I believe there was one person that was murdered several years before this, but he kind of went on a lull with that, I guess. And then this was the first person in Milwaukee that he murdered. And eventually his grandma, whose basement he was living in, was getting sick of the smell because of all the dead body parts because he continued to lure men over to the home, drug them, and murder them, and then proceed to dissect them. Sometimes he was saving body parts, like their skulls. He was really gathering like a skull collection, essentially. Some of the times he actually was cannibalizing certain parts of their body. Right, that's what he's notoriously known for, right? Being the serial killer. As well as, you know, being cannibalistic. Exactly. So his grandma had no idea that this was going on, of course, right? Which is so crazy to me because she complained about the smell. Granted, I would think not everyone knows what a dead body smells like, but I think you would figure it out. I would think so. But again, who thinks that this is happening, right? Like nobody would have anticipated this, but still... 
it couldn't have been your normal like garbage sitting in your house for a little bit of time no odor it like i would imagine worse. i mean i've never smelled like a, a decomposing body but i think i have an idea of what it smells on, like based on like coming across a dead animal that's decomposing it's probably very similar and it is a distinct odor pretty much everyone's come across this i think at some point like a bird you know that died in your yard or whatever so i don't know that boggles my mind that this is not something she considered who knows what she saw people coming in maybe never leaving like come on right and and it continues to escalate so she kicks him out tells him go get an apartment mm -hmm. he's got a job Lindsay, at a chocolate factory okay like so strange but anyways he is in his apartment he's continuing to do the same things but he actually continues to escalate it because he hasn't been caught yet and he decides he wants to create kind of the ultimate submissive and he actually starts drilling holes in his victim's heads and pouring in acid or hot boiling water to try to create almost like this zombie-like state in his mm -hmm. victims, which of course never worked. They always, you know, died shortly thereafter, right? He was trying to keep them alive for a really extended period of time. Eventually, there was a guy that he lured over to his house. He actually put a handcuff on this guy, and the guy was totally freaked out mm -hmm. and kind of started trying to befriend Jeffrey Dahmer, trying to be nice to him, and escaped, ran out of the house, ran into some police officers and said, hey, this guy put a handcuff on me. I can't get it off. Can you help me? And the police officers were not able to take the handcuff off. And so they were like, well, tell us where this is. Let's go up there and we'll tell him to remove this handcuff from mm -hmm. you. He must have the key. So they go up there and they're asking him, we need you to get the key to this handcuff. And they enter his apartment. And of course, they can smell some de what smells like decomposing flesh. And he goes to open his end table drawer. He's like, oh, the key is in here. Let me get it. Meanwhile, one of the police officers sees these Polaroid pictures of dead bodies that Jeffrey Dahmer had been saving of mm -hmm. how he had been posing bodies and stuff like that. And of course, the cop is like, holy crap, and freaks out and they arrest him. Mm -hmm. He confessed to 17 murders, including wow. Stephen Twomey, who was murdered in the Ambassador Hotel. Yeah, I, I remember seeing like a, I watched I've watched a few different documentaries, I think, about him. And, you know, I remember seeing the clips of all the news stories. I mean, this was huge headlines of them pulling out tons of different like, you know, human remains out of this little apartment he was living in. It was it's all over the place. It is just crazy how in this tiny little apartment, how he was getting rid of these things and sometimes in like vats of acid is how he would you mm -hmm. know get rid of the body parts and I mean it is really just disgusting but on another note Lindsay since that time the ambassador hotel has been restored to its former <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I'm sure like Jeffrey Dahmer is not what they want to be you know being a frequent guest there in the 80s is not what they want to be remembered for right they want the JFK the Beatles you know 
all these good memories. 100%. And I don't think that they really embrace the haunting, let's say. I'm not surprised by that at all. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tangling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. The Ambassador Hotel does have some hauntings. And like I said, I don't know that they embrace it too much because you really have to dig for information. on. You do not have to dig, however, for information on Jeffrey Dahmer at this place. Because I tell you what, Lindsay, I was looking for some video on YouTube or something. So I look up Ambassador Hotel Milwaukee. First video that comes up is all about Jeffrey Dahmer murdering somebody in this hotel. Oh, my gosh. So... This ho- the owner of this hotel, they might hate that. I mean, I'm sure they're not totally thrilled. Although, who knows, maybe they're making money. I mean, just like a lot of hotels do embrace their haunted, you know, past. And a lot of people go specifically for the for the ghosts. This sounds, you and know, maybe. People, and, and we're talking about ghost vacations. There are a lot of what I would call like dark tourists out there mm-hmm. that aren't just into the ghosts. They're into anything they want to go stay in a room where something crazy happened right 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 and so there are a lot of people that specifically try to book room 507 where this occurred and from what i understand they accommodate that request because there are quite a few videos online of people saying i stayed in the jeffrey dahmer room you know that kind of thing so there's a lot of people that don't necessarily go there for the ghosts they're going there for really the dark tourism of it right in fact there's a show called the dark tourist on netflix yes it's on netflix i actually saw an episode this is a while ago so i don't remember the whole thing and all the specifics but i think they went on like kind of a milwaukee jeffrey dahmer tour and i don't know if they went to the ambassador hotel but they definitely were outside of his apartment and there's a whole tour on this and, and just people are fascinated by the history you know, and they want to go kind of be where some terrible things occurred. Yeah, I don't think they did go to this hotel. I did see that episode, although it's been a really long time. And I know they went to his apartment and there was a kind of tour 
that they went on on that show that was really all about Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. But anyways, let's talk about the haunting. <laughs> like so, well, off that note, off that horrifying note, let's move over to the ghosts. Yeah, let's talk about some ghosts. This hotel was built in 1928, almost 100 years ago. We do know about this one horrible event that occurred in this hotel. But God only knows what else has happened in this place that we don't really know about. You know, they even talk about, you know, the history of the place prior to a certain time frame. There's really not a whole lot of information. Most of it is all word of mouth in terms of what may or may not have happened here. And being a hotel this age, I would imagine there's some other pretty dark things that have probably occurred at this place. But that's just me kind of making an assumption here. Some of the things that you're going to want to look for. A lot of the things here are just your standard haunts. You're not really going to see a whole lot of full-bodied apparitions or anything crazy like that. But what you really want to look for, a lot of it is noises, like things like the pipes, you know, clanging on their own, creaking noises that don't make any sense, that there's nothing attributed to it. But also items, and we hear this quite a bit, that will just disappear and then mm -hmm. suddenly reappear somewhere else in the room. Like somebody physically removed it and changed its location. The other thing that I read that I thought was pretty interesting, which I wish I could find more information on it, but people say that when they look in the mirror sometimes at this place, there will be messages written on them. Hmm. Like what kind of messages? That's what I would like to know. It did. I could not. I dug and dug and I could not find anything that specified. Like, is it just like a hello, which is creepy? Or is it on another scale of creepy? Like you're going to die tonight. You know, like what? <laughs> right. What level of creepy are these messages? But that's unknown. So if anybody's out there that has stayed at the Ambassador Hotel or is from Milwaukee and has any idea about what these messages are, please send us an email because I'm dying to know the answer to that question. The other thing that the housekeepers will say is that they will go into a room and the bed isn't made. They'll leave. They'll come back. And suddenly the bed is made. And that will happen vice versa. Maybe they made the bed and then they'll come back in two minutes later and the bed's been unmade. Oh, wow. I was thinking hopefully it's just all they make the bed. And it's like, sweet. Right. Gotta love that. That's a great haunting to have. Too exactly. Bad they, <laughs> too bad the reverse occurs though, right? I know. The reverse also does occur. So a messy ghost. The other thing that is reported on occasion there, and they have electric card keys to get into the room. Some of the employees, I guess, have told people that sometimes people have trouble with their doors staying locked. And I wonder if that's not the electric card key holder, but maybe like, what is that little thing that you can kind of put over in the hotel room oh, yeah. that kind of like keeps the it little closed. latch thing, the little security latch. Yeah. Right. Like a security latch or the deadbolt because most hotel rooms also will have a deadbolt in it. So I wonder if it's one of those. That would make more sense to me. But let's talk about room 507 because a lot of the activity, which is where Stephen Twomey was murdered, seems to be around this room. 
And nobody that I've seen has reported seeing like a full-bodied apparition of Stephen Twomey in this room. Instead, it is super, like, just weird, creepy things. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there's a very large feeling of heaviness when you enter the room, when you're in the hallway versus walking in. You can feel, like, a distinct difference uh, just in the air, which is pretty common, where something Mm -hmm. really, really bad happened. But also, I saw this one person talking about their experience. They were staying in room 507, because of the dark tourism factor of it and they went to go take a shower and the shower turned off by itself and like it was just acting weird they go and they open the curtain to get out of the shower and they see a handprint that wasn't there before on the wall oh that's super creepy very creepy so bathroom i think has a lot of activity in it There's also people will wake up in the middle of the night just because they'll hear noises in the room in general. But the other thing, and this is really creepy, that they, that's a claim, is that apparently Stephen Twomey's body when Jeffrey Dahmer woke up was in kind of like this weird position, like semi-hanging off the bed. Mm -hmm. And they say, like, if you're staying the night there with somebody else, that if you wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes people will see their partner, whoever's in the bed with them, slightly hanging off the bed in a weird position. Ugh, what? And then are they really hanging off the bed in that weird position, or is this just something they're seeing I get and it's I think an illusion. Really, I think they're really hanging off the bed like that. That's so creepy. Terrifying. I, I would freak out. So obviously we think Stephen Twomey is probably the person that is haunting this room. Now, the other report that I see that I am highly skeptical of is they claim that Jeffrey Dahmer might be walking these hallways because, of course, Jeffrey Dahmer died in prison years back and this was a place that he would go to on a pretty regular basis so they say you might see him in the hallway now I don't I did not see a ton of reports of this I literally saw it on one thing and I was like that's interesting but I I feel like he'd be much more likely to be haunting that prison where he was killed or his old apartment or his grandma's Mm -hmm. house like I don't know who's gonna buy that grandma's house ever if it hits the market like I mean it probably already has like let's be real like this was in the 80s she's she may or may not I would say probably unlikely she's still alive Oh, I agree. But I'm just saying in general. Like, I don't know who's purchased the house, but if you know that's Jeffrey Dahmer's grandma's house, I'm not buying it. (laughs) I would say that would be a definite pass for me because I'm all about ghosts and stuff, but I don't need that negative type of energy potential to be there. All right, so apart from the horribleness, it's really hard to transition from that. It really is. This is like, yeah, this is the darkest episode we've ever had. I mean, we've a lot of these episodes do have a lot of death and tragedy that occur. That's very typical of our show. 
But man, Jeffrey Dahmer, that's that's a new kind of topic for us. It is. Now, this place really is nice, okay? I don't want to scare anybody away from this place because it is nice and you don't have to stay in room 507 if you don't want to. It is in downtown Milwaukee. They have a shuttle service to all the stuff that's going on down there if you happen to stay at this place. They've renovated it. It looks really cool because they've they've renovated it in a really nice way. Like they still have the old school elevators there. It's a prohibition era place and they have some nice restaurants and food. They have a weekend brunch that appears really good. I They didn't have a ton of information about it on the website because right now all of the restaurants and bars are closed at the hotel because of COVID. You can still stay at the hotel and they're taking COVID precautions is my understanding, but they're not doing the food and drinks. So something to look forward to after we're out of this COVID mess situation. So weekend brunch looks really good. They have a really nice looking restaurant actually for a hotel restaurant. It looks really mm-hmm. good. But the coolest thing, Lindsay, is they have a bar there and it's kind of like your prohibition era style bar. They serve a lot of gin and stuff like that. Well, when they do open back up, they have a happy hour that is Monday through Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. And the prices on several of the drinks are Prohibition era prices from 1928. So you can get a gin fizz for 25 cents. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's perfect. Like go to happy hour and then go do some ghost hunting. Oh my gosh. And gin fizz. I love a gin fizz. I don't think I've ever had a gin fizz, but it sounds sounds okay. It's delicious. You would enjoy it. It's very refreshing, as you oh, would say. Oh, I'm all about that refreshing cocktail, yeah. Yes, it's <laughs> very good. And you and there's a couple other drinks, too, but that's kind of their primary one that um, that sticks out for 25 cents. Like, you just can't beat that. You can't. No. So brunch, dinner at their nice restaurant looks really nice. Now, if you want to stay there, the prices are, I think for being in downtown Milwaukee, a nice historic hotel that looks like it has very comfortable furnishings is actually pretty economical depending on the room that you get and what day you go. But in looking at the prices, you can get a room there for as low as $95 a night. Again, depending on the day of the week and that kind of thing. But it does range a lot. So that would kind of be your standard room. You can get a Whirlpool suite if you want. That one's more like $260-ish, you know, but it's going to vary. But there's quite the range, but you can definitely stay there economically. And I don't believe that room 507, if you want to stay in the Jeffrey Dahmer room, is one of those Whirlpool suites. It looks like your standard room at least when I was watching videos of the room so I would imagine Mm -hmm. that one's probably on the lower end of the scale I think that anything under a hundred dollars is very economical especially if it's in a good location and if it's updated and you have you know really a comfortable nice stay everything is really clean under a hundred bucks I think is a great deal yeah and most of the time it's I would say it's a little higher than a hundred bucks but that would probably be your lowest rate that that I could find anyway when I was looking on the website. Right. Well, I say I will say the Ambassador Hotel sounds 
really like a great place. But Lisa, if we went, we would definitely have to stay in 507. I know, but it creeps me out. It really creeps me out too, but we would have to do it. I am all about the ghosts and experiencing that, but just kind of like when we stayed at Velisca, it was such a weird feeling to know that that horrible crime occurred right there. Right. And like Jeffrey Dahmer is just so infamous and did so many just absolutely horrific things that I just get the heebie-jeebies thinking about that. Yeah, I do too. But you know what? We could go. We could get happy hour, go to a nice restaurant, and then stay in room 507 and do some serious ghost hunting. I think it would be kind of fun. So thank you guys for listening this week. Um, If you're interested in sending us any sort of ghost story, if you've stayed at this hotel and you know what the messages are left in the mirrors, please send us an email. Go to yourhauntedholiday.com and hit contact us and you can send us an email through there. Send us an email with any of your ghost stories for that matter. We may read it out on the show as well as any recommendations for future episodes. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. You can reach us at any one of those locations as well. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. Bye.